Hello and welcome along to the Unplugged Pods, where each week we explore absolutely everything to do with switching off in a world that's always on. I'm David and alongside me as ever is Mr. Unplugged, Hector Hughes. And this week we're joined by Dr. Wenji Kai. Wenji is a world-leading researcher uh, in many things, including digital free travel. He's been cited in papers all over the world uh, and he's come on today, so enjoy. The Wenji, thank you so much for coming along uh, to the Unplugged Pod today. Really, really appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Wanted to start with the question we always start with, which is how do you unplug? And the answer probably you hear it a thousand times already. (laughs) (laughs) Because I'm a listener of your podcast. (laughs) And yes, the answer is going into nature. Um, But I have two particular activities I normally do. I really enjoy uh, when I unplug is swimming, swimming in the open water and also hiking. And also I think it's so important to getting away as well. For me, getting away, going on holiday is a way for me to unplug. I think our everyday life is so much attached with technology. So when you're at home or if you're in the home environment, it's so easy to think about work-related stuff and also technology-related issues. So when you go away, I think on holiday is a perfect opportunity for me to unplug. And swim, I mean, swim, you can't really check your phone when you're swimming, (laughs) can you? So I think it's quite convenient to say that. But also, I swim in the pool as well, but swimming in the open water is so much different. I I can't explain why, but it's just when you are in that environment, you just feel so much engaged with the nature. And when you're talking about engaged with the nature, this is, you can't really to be even closer by swimming. Your body is with water, you, you hold senses with, with this nature environment. So for me, I really, really love swimming uh, in the open water. And I think for me, I don't need to think about anything to do with technology, anything to do with work, anything to do with other stuff. I can be just focusing on my breathing and focusing on what can I see around me. And so that is swimming. Also super in, uh, enjoy hiking as well. And I think hiking and walking, I mean, um, there's so many different types of walking. Walking in the forest, I think that's very interesting because I can, forest is a very interesting environment because I really enjoy the diversity of the forest. You see so many different types of vegetations and really a moment you can really see celebrating diversity is the forest environment. But also I really enjoy hiking into in the mountains as well. So last year, now it's 2024 already. So last year in the summer, we were in North Norway in Lofoten, I did a lot of hikings, and some of the hikes are quite challenging. And for those hikes, sometimes I halfway through, I was thinking, I'm re- I regretted this already, but uh, it's a bit too much because in Norway, the medium level for us is difficult, and the child-friendly level is something that you have to climb like that. It's child-friendly. So, but after that, after a very challenging hike, I. I feel that was such an amazing experience because at that moment, I don't need to think about anything else. I just need to focus on my breathing, what's going on in the current current situation and what I'm going to do in the next step. So I don't need to think about anything else. I don't really even have energy to 
get my phone out, take a photo. I just need to pay attention to what I'm doing at, right at the moment. So I think that is a particular moment I can fully concentrate. It's kind of state of flow as well. And I think that is something I probably would like to do a little bit more in the future as well. So going to nature, swim, and hike. So sorry, very long answer. <laughs> Typical <laughs> academics. And you, you, you've, you've just spent a month traveling. How, how unplugged was, was that trip? I did them. So some trips I intentionally plan for unplugged holiday. So I would talk to my partner, say, okay, this is a trip we're going to lock our phone away. So we stay in unplugged a couple of times. Uh, some of trips in Lake District, we lock our phone away as well. But this trip, we didn't really plan for that. But I was quite amazed of how much I didn't engage with my smartphone. And I think with that, that particular environment. So we were in Fiji for, uh, for quite a lovely holiday in some remote island. We had to take a very long ferry to get there. But that, this, that kind of environment, you just don't feel like to, to engage with technology much. I mean, I use my phone to take photos, recording nice memories, but that's it. I didn't really uh, engage with work emails. I don't really engage too much of conversation online. So I really, really like those, uh, those moments. How, how have you found reintegrating back into the world? Very challenging because Fiji is super warm. I also in New Zealand as well. So that was a very nice, warm environment. And come back to the UK with today's weather. <laughs> so it's not really ideal. Um, I think it take a while for me to get back. I think initially back is such a shock um, because I also go straight into work as well without any kind of adjustment. Probably it would be nice to have like a week to adjust to it. But um, I think slowly, 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 I, I need to remember those warm, nice memory of my holiday and bring it back in this cold London weather. <laughs> yeah. In Norway, um, I've never been, apparently it's very, very beautiful. My friend went there and he went on the, is it the devil's tongue or the mother's tongue? And it's this sheer, there's a sheer drop either side uh, of this big bit of granite, I think. I don't know if you went there and kind of experienced that as well, uh, but it looks super crazy, no? Oh yes, I know about that, but uh, we, weren't, we weren't in that area. So okay. we were in, uh, north, we're very North Norway, we are in the Arctic Circle. So that was the, uh, the place the sun never set we, because we were there in, in the summer. So we can... Uh, yeah, Tromsø is not far away. Okay. Yeah, so Lofoten is those group of islands. And um, we did some midnight hiking. So that was... You, you can never done that in here, right? So it's such a wonderful experience. Does it set at all? No, because it's an Arctic Circle. So in the summer, it never set. Yeah, it's so weird because after your... Uh, your hike and you back to your cabin and there was like 2, 3 a.m. in the morning but the light still like literally like 3 p.m. in the afternoon and you have to be like very quiet because you don't want to wake your neighbors out up and think oh this is such a weird experience but wonderful experience as well. In Norway there's um, a midnight sun marathon in the north of Norway in Tromso. yeah uh, might be one for us Hector. Um, yeah, I think the premise is it starts at midnight and you, you run through the light, basically, because it's the midnight sun. So, yeah, potentially. Gosh, gosh, I'll pencil in. Yeah, there you go. Great stuff. So, so I mean, your, much of your research is around digital free travel or travel generally. Like, why the interest in, in that particular space? I mean, long story short, I always like to travel. And my 
education. So I studied my uh, undergraduate in China. And so I grew up all my, all my life in China. I'm Chinese. And um, I studied electronic engineering. And I hate it so much because it is never <laughs> my, my thing. And what I remember when I was in, in, in uni, what we did with my friend is we skip class and we go backpacking. We just went backpacking. And, and um, so I realized I really love to travel, but it's not never this kind of, it's not never being celebrating or um, praised in China by, by going on holiday or traveling in, in long, long period of time. Gap year is never a thing in China. So when I come up, have an opportunity to come abroad to study, though initially my degree was human resource management. So now I think about that. Um, yeah, luckily I changed my subject. So I changed my subject the first week I arrived in the UK without telling my parents. And because travel is not really a proper degree in their, in their perspective. So I took on... Um, so I changed my subject uh, in tourism, and I like tourism so much. So I did quite well in my master's degree. I did my PhD in backpacking. So I researched about backpackers. Um, so follow backpackers around in, in Europe for the whole PhD. The most fun PhD, I would say. Everyone is so jealous. And then I started to get into uh, new research after I started a full-time job. So digital-free tourism is one of the new research areas I tried to... Um, focusing on and it's simply something that I observing in my everyday life and all the research I've been done is a reflection of my own identity who am I what kind of person I I, I want to uh, which part of me I want to unpack a little bit further so I was a backpacker so I want to research about me so I did a whole PhD about backpacking and I also realized my problematic technology use as well so that's why I want to kind of research on that. And in the tourism aspect, so many research about technology use in tourism, but they're all praising how great technology it is. So I want to be the person to questioning it and to be the difficult guy, I would say. Sometimes I think I'm a bit difficult because I'm always challenging the norm and why people are always kind of celebrating using technology without challenging it. So that's why we're starting this process with a group of colleagues. And um, yeah, that's why our journey started. Love it. Just just before we move on, on the, on the backpacking, what was your, what was, what was the research? It's, it's very difficult. Okay, I can't really articulate the, fi the findings in a very short period of time, but I following Chinese backpackers around in Europe. And the way Chinese backpacker travel is very different from how what we consider as West, Western backpackers. Um, they have they like to form a group. They like to find a before they on. Um, if you know about my friend um, Erica, so she have this uh, company called We Road, and it's sim a bit similar to what We Road did. So they form a group online before they going on a long term backpacker trip. So they went online to go to forum find particular uh, former group and say, okay, we're going to Spain, Italy, Portugal for 20 days. Who would like to join me? So on the Backpacker Forum, they found a group and they traveling together throughout the whole month. And I was the person following them throughout the whole month to find out the, the dynamic, the group dynamic and how the Chinese culture influencing them in a very hyper-mobile setting and how this Western culture and Chinese culture clash throughout this experience. Love it. How, yeah. how did it clash? 
It's interesting because they, when they hate each other, they don't really say it. And this, I think there's our Chinese culture, we don't really say that. We want to maintain the surface harmony. And but in the one-to-one interview, they kind of find, okay, this is a place that we can really tell Wenjie what we think. So this kind of conflict of here, you can see that they want to maintain the surface harmony, but there's some certain conflicts, um, but they still want to maintain the group when they're traveling. And is um, your research, is it focused mainly on hard statistical data or is it more anecdotal, how people are feeling and uh, that kind of thing? So in social science, there are two groups of research. One, one is we call quantitative researchers. They are very pro-data. I'm in opposite. And also, actually, I'm on the other side of spectrum. I don't, I'm very bad at numbers. So <laughs> I hate spreadsheet. And any number related stuff, I just can't re- remember. Um, I can't remember my salary and stuff like that. So uh, numbers, I, I just not good at. I like to talk to people. I like to theorizing things. So I am on the other side of spectrum. I do interviews. I, observation, I do observation. I conduct ethnography. And so that is that's what, how I do research. So when I research about digital free tourism, we uh, do a lot of interviews. We also do inter- uh, observation of ourselves as a researchers, how we interact with um, people who are doing digital free travel. You probably notice I talk or use digital free travel instead of digital detox. And there's a reason behind it because we want to challenge the term of digital detox because when you say digital detox, you kind of by default thinking about technology is a bad thing. Or you kind of connect it as a diet thing because detox is coming from a diet thing. So we want to say be more neutral terms saying technology could be good, could be uh, problematic. And in this neutral term, we're just taking the technology outside of um, outside the context and how people react towards it. So we research about how millennials perceive about the idea of digital free tourism. We research about how um, what what this emotion journey looks like when people switch off their mobile phone when they're on holiday. We also research about how what is the best way to resist towards technology when you are on digital free holiday. So this is kind of three main findings we we have done so far. We're also conducting a couple of new research at the moment. What's the most surprising thing? you've seen or heard in terms of people's emotional response to this and how they've reacted really i mean so now when i look back it's kind of expected already but at that time when we did the research we do feel a lot of people thinking i cannot do that i just cannot do that and they kind of building a lot of like um prepare a lot of preparation to get into it but when they, the moment when they switch the phone back on after the holiday, they are thinking about, oh my God, I'm going to have thousands of emails, thousands of messages coming to me. No, there's none, right? Maybe one or two emails, one or two messages checking you are all right or not. And so they are thinking they are way too important. They are not as important as they thought. And sometimes they think, oh my God, all these emotions are so unnecessary. All this kind of thinking about, the worry before you switch the phone back on. So one of the uh, ongoing research, we, uh, we're actually asking participants to wear this uh, wristband, uh, similar to Apple Watch, um, but they um, monitoring all the physiological data. So 
the, your skin's wet level, your heart rate variabilities, your heart rate, and also your skin temperature to kind of check your emotion response uh, when you uh, throughout the whole experience. The data is not published yet, but one of the interesting thing we found is <laughs> some participants, when they are approaching the end of the unplugged holiday, so they're staying in unplugged cabin actually, approaching the end of unplugged holiday, the night before until the moment they need to switch the phone back on, they're getting very anxious. They got very, very anxious. The, the figure is shooting very, very high. The moment when they um getting the phone back on, the physiological data or the EDA level drops dramatically. So you're just thinking about, oh, it's nothing to worry about, actually. So I think that's very interesting. We, we need to be, I think it's a good lesson to learn as well. We just need to think about, are you that important or you think you are that important? Or the technology make us to think about we are that important. Yeah, it's amazing how, I mean, saying that kind of thinking towards just how it actually feels, because, you know, we've all we've all experienced it, how it feels being away from our phone, re reunited with our phone. It's amazing how such a little thing can do so much inside our body. Like you've shown me some of that data and it's wild. Like it's wild how much, and I think we're so uh, unaware of it for 99% of the time, right? And then you look at it and you look at like what is going on within us all day, literally from picking your phone up in the morning throughout the whole day. And so, yeah, it's, it's really crazy to see. A question for both of you then who are, obviously very heavily in this world. Maybe I'll start with you, Hector. Um, is there like an aha moment after six hours, eight hours, 24 hours without your phone that people really start to switch off and the benefits can really be felt? Like, is there that that moment or is it more of a, a gradual process? Do you think there's, there's a kind of a, a specific moment that happens? Yeah, I mean, I, Wenji has the, the research and the data on it, but I, from kind of lived experience, speaking to our guests, etc., then it, it feels like there is, like almost the first day, you're actually a little bit more anxious. And then something just happens, you access this like deep sense of calm. Uh, so there's actually, a, there's a, there was a research project that often gets cited, uh, written 2021. It was like, digital detoxes don't work. And the project is about participants just spending one day so not even 24 hours just just like a day without their phone and at the end of the day they're like no it didn't work we had that once where we had a journalist come he stayed for one night and then he was like no this doesn't work and went you know and what we found is that actually it does take about a day for the mind to settle down because that first day like you do feel a bit more anxious because we're so dependent on our phone you're getting like phantom buzzes in your pocket uh, and so i think really allowing that to to calm down what what i would also say which you know we're, we're still got ages to kind of figure all of this out but something happens after a day something else happens after a few days something else happens after you know, 10 15 two weeks i saw um my old boss the other day who sold a company uh which, which i used to work for sold a startup and he told me it took nine months until he started feeling like okay i'm, I'm completely reset after the sale so there are just these like levels and levels of levels. But yeah, I, I would say to really start feeling calm, it, it probably does take about yeah. 24 hours. I agree. Um, from our research, we do see participants went through a stage called withdrawal symptoms, similar to kind of giving up alcohol and smoking. But the period is way shorter. So within normally within 24 hours. And that is the stage they feel 
lonely. They feel anxious. They feel frustrated. They don't because you you building this strong connection with your smartphone and literally like penetrating every single aspect of your life. On holiday, especially you using that for navigation. You use that for you know check the map, check out advisors, and also depending on the where you unplug as well. So. Ideally, it's like unplug cabin. You are in the middle of nowhere. Don't need to worry about navigating transport system. You're not unplugging in Paris or London, right? It's it's much much easier to unplug in the in, in the nature. Um. So when you normally, for the very first twenty four hours, um, participants, they just kind of feel okay, fine. Um,、uh, my phone is locked away anyway. I can't do anything about it. I accept it. Let's embrace what we. What what's going on here? But some participants they are more driven about this experience, or they have a better balance with technology. They actually get into the experience way faster than the others. So really, depending on their relationship with technology, are they traveling on their own? Where are they traveling? And、um, yeah, and I think there's different varieties here、uh, to play. And to affecting the withdrawal symptom stage, but I would say majority of them enjoy that experience.、Um, when when it went through the withdrawal symptom stage, they really enjoy the the the, the unplugged experience. It could be it could be quite an intense experience as well.、Mm. We we really hear about. I'm not sure how much of this you heard in your qualitative research, but、mm. we really hear about couples going in having a great time, but just having like a flaming row in the middle of it. Yeah. You know? Because it just like sometimes you've got that environment, the phones are away, the distractions are away,、yeah. and it just like sometimes some of these things need to come out. So yeah, it's it's interesting too. It is. So the, one of the new research we are doing is we are looking at the dark side of digital free tourism, <laughs> and we do see、uh, some participants, especially、um, when they. So, for example, couple is a good 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 example. They have a lot of problems in their everyday life. They don't really talk about it. But when in they in that when they are in that particular environment, they don't have phone to to distract themselves, <laughs> right? No, yeah, they just got to talk to each other. And when you got to talk to each other, problems comes and they have fight, some fights going on. Or there's some individual people going into digital free experiences really really struggled. And I think when you have to sit with your own feelings and We don't really. I don't think we have enough toolkit to give this kind of individual to support them in our society. So nowadays, millennials, Gen Z, they do not know how to deal with the situation of boredom. They don't know how to deal with to be bored. They the idea of how doing nothing sounds amazing when you on digital free holiday, but the, when the reality really hits you, you really doing nothing. Can you really know how to sit with this situation or not? I think there's another another issue here.、Mm. Yeah, it's it's discomfort, isn't it? It's、yeah. and and that's just something that is, you know, kind of famously heading out of society. Like everything's getting easier, frictionless, all these kind of stuff. And actually, sometimes it's on the other side of that discomfort where where good things happen, you know, and, and the magic happens. You'll know, or you guys will know, the quote. Better than I will.、Uh, who said it?、Um, most of man's yeah, problems. Plays, plays Pascal. All of all of man's problems stem from his inability to sit in a room with his thoughts, which is amazing, right? Very, very true. So let's say,、uh, Wenji. Let's start with you.、Um, let's say、um, 
someone's never gone 24 hours without their phone and they're planning a, uh, a screen-free weekend digital detox uh, away, what three tips would you give them uh, before they embark? Ooh, okay. I think you need to be well prepared. So it's important to tell your loved one, your friends, your families, your colleagues, you're going away. I mean, if it's a weekend, fine, right? If your company, you have a good culture of disconnect, not talking about work. But I just think about um, we are working in university. A lot of people work in the evening, work in the weekend, which is terrible. Um, but it's important to let people know you are away and, and prepare for that. So when they... This, I think this is very important to let those people know and don't need to worry about you, but also let your, yourself do not worry about they will worry about you, right? And I think it's, that, that is kind of make you at ease. I think that's very important. But also, I'm not sure how many people in Unplug fully lock the phone away. I'm not sure to have the data on that or not. Um, but our research to find out in order to fully experience the the maximize the experience of digital free holiday or digital detox, you need to fully lock your phone away. Go cold turkey. I think that's so important because we did a couple of experiments to try. Let's, um, sometimes we go on holiday, we try to do it um, unplugged during the day and then check the phone in the evening. But technology is so powerful on you. When you check, for, let's say check for 15 minutes, end up checking uh, half an hour, end up with uh, one hour, end up with, okay, let's just leave it for the morning for next day. So you need to find a good balance to negotiate with technology. When you're on holiday, why don't you just lock it away? And I think setting the boundary is so important. And also to be, the third uh, recommendation I will give is to be open-minded. So open-minded with new experience. Don't uh, judge the experience when it comes saying, okay, you get lost, you feel frustrated, and that's so annoying. I want to get my phone back, right? Maybe getting lost is a good thing. You're going off the beaten track, you're finding new places, or you're thinking about, wow, so annoying. I can't really check the nice restaurant, which restaurant is good to go. I can't check the advisor, it's so annoying. Maybe it's good to really explore some nice places, right? It's, or sometimes the, the places are not in the trip advisor or sometimes have very bad rating, actually provide the most authentic and nice experience you have. So be open-minded, negotiating the reward and punishment. And I think this is a good way to, a uh, good mindset to go into uh, unplugged experience. Love it. Well, that was a very good list. So I'll, I'll echo a few of those points. But I think, uh, I mean, first on the data, we, so we, we do survey this. We get 65% locked away completely. 25% say they check it a couple of times and 10% just don't bother. And the it's the it's the ones who lock it away completely where we get the feedback like that was life-changing. Uh, you know, again, every now and again, someone doesn't sit well with it, but like th those are the ones that are like the most transformative. Um, and, you know, we still get people who go and they're like, had no intention of locking their phone, had a lovely time, loved the cabin, loved being, you know, you're still in nature, it's a, it's a great cabin. Um, but I think... There is just something very different, and I say, yeah. The the first point is exactly what Wendy said, which is, you know, it, it, just just try and do it a hundred percent because as soon as there's some, I can't remember the something like as soon as you check your phone once, you're sixty percent more likely to check it again in the next few minutes. It's that kind of syndrome where like one, we have a biscuit, right? yeah, yeah. Once you've done it once, then the floodgates just open. So just 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 don't even do the first time. And I think 
the second would be a really important point for that is is the preparation and it's just making sure that you've removed all the reasons you would have for checking your phone so you know if you're like oh but i you know, need my phone to get around it's like well f figure out whether you can read a map we were speaking about this from from your state uh and you know just make sure you have all of those things nailed down you know, if you need if you need an alarm in the morning get an alarm clock it's all of these little things because again if you just have that excuse it's easy to be like oh, just check this and then an instagram notification pops up and then it's all gone and the other thing i think is just have like things you're excited about away from the phone so i think if you're just sat there thinking about like can't check my phone can't check my phone and, and what do i do now but if it's like i think the people who really love it or like really excited for a certain hike or they're really excited to read a book that they've been waiting to read for ages and so just just having these things in place that just give you some structure and something to 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 get on with so you can get past the the 24-hour withdrawal symptoms yeah. is uh, is key do you remember initially when we stayed in the very first cabin you literally took the you locked the the, yeah. the phone and took the key away <laughs> we have no other way to get a phone out talk us through this hector because i know initially when you had the cabins you did actually um lock their phone away and you guys kind of had the key right yeah, this this was it. So we, I mean, the whole thing is like, okay, well, we need because because basically the whole locking away the phones thing came from thinking a lot about digital detoxing. Read a book called Digital Minimalism about six months before Unplugged. So before we were even thinking about cabins, read that book and it was like, oh, Unplugged would be a great name for a business. So I tried to buy Unplugged dot com, but it cost hundred grand, so we didn't do that. So maybe one day, and uh, so we're kind of thinking about this, and then as soon as we decided to do the business, I actually went to stay with a cabin company in the US. I went to stay with a cabin company in Belgium and they all have like places to put your phone, like phone boxes, but not locked. And I, I just come from back from silent retreats. So I was really ready to get off my phone. I had like a pretty good relationship with it, put it in the box. And then half an hour later, I made excuses and I was on it. So I was like, we're actually going to have to lock people's phones away. So that was like a really important part of the early stages. And so we, we, you know, one idea was we could always get them to check in at a local pub and they'd have to hand in their phones there and then they could find their way to the cabin. But obviously that, that doesn't scale. So we're like, look, we'll, ju we'll just start. We we'll, we'll take the key back to London um, and see what happens. So we did that for the first six months. We were cleaning the cabin. You know, we were checking everyone in. And then what we realized, so the first month, people saw a cabin on Instagram. They came to come and stay. We tried to take their phone off them. And they were like, no way, what are you doing? Like, I'm, I'm not doing that. So what we realized is it's won or lost before you even get there. Like Wendy said, like, you have to have told your friends, told your family and be excited that that's what you're coming to do. And actually, if you can do that, then you've almost bought yourself into it. So then just having a, a lockbox with a padlock is enough. The padlock, you close yourself and there's a key in a sealed envelope. So again, it's just stopping you from, there's enough friction so you don't do that first time. So once you've broken the, the seal, it's done, but it's also there if you need it. So we, we, we don't take the key away anymore. And, and that has actually worked really well and is still what we do today. So uh, we'll see how that develops. Are there any plans potentially to have one cabin that's... Uh more extreme down the line where you throw the key in the river or you're really giving people an option or have you found that method that you've got at the moment is like the nicest not even halfway house really nudging people but without going the whole way of forcing them i mean fundamentally it's, it's what works right it's like what because you're never going to get 100 percent. there are always going to be people who don't just don't want to lock their phone away and that's fine um so it's just about for the people who do have they got everything there they need to lock it away so actually what's really important is the other stuff that's in there 
So like a Nokia phone, so they can contact us and they've got it in case of emergencies, a Polaroid camera, a map, like having those things are what enables them to be fine with locking their phone away. So that being said, I, I do think there's scope for the, the more extreme cabins, definitely on you know, islands and up mountains, all this kind of thing. Uh, but yeah, we'll, we'll see. Maybe there's a bigger site of cabins where you literally drive into the reserve and hand in your phone at the gate and, and yeah that that could all come down the line can i share something quite interesting um so i I, t- I like to teach about this with my students and my students are not millennials they're gen z or, or even younger i don't what was the younger generation than gen, gen z uh it's got, it's got a it's got to a isn't it anyway they're very young okay um when i sell the idea to them they are not convinced and because, and I think one of the reasons here is um, a lot of design in the Unplugged is try to trigger the nostalgic memory we have when we are younger, right? Those um, cassette tape um, cameras and stuff like that. And for them, they, they probably thinking this is something novel, something interesting. It's like watching uh, Stranger Things. Not, not really like um, trigger any memories they have. So they don't really have this emotional connection towards it. And some of them also ask me why I want to do that. When I'm on holiday, I want to in touch with my friends. Uh, maybe when I'm starting working full time, maybe I um, have more work commitment. I might like to try these kind of experiences. I wonder, would you be able considering targeting even try to targeting younger generation or not really your thing definitely i I think but again it kind of you know i think it's like getting to a place where they want to come and do it so so we we do actually get a surprising amount of 18 19 20 year olds um because i think that there are within that generation you've got the full extreme right you have people who are completely plugged in the whole time you also have people who are very conscientious and really care about you know the climate and mental health and all these kind of things. So there are people who really do fly that flag. And so, so I've been surprised because I thought we just wouldn't get anyone from that generation, you know, for the first however many years it's starting to happen. Uh, we'll see, we'll see over time. I think I'd love to, I think it's, um, you know, probably the younger people get now, the, the more ingrained this kind of digital life is and, and maybe some of the challenges that come with it again, many positives as well. And, that generation is going to be a lot more um, technologically literate than than us, uh, which will come with advantages. But there are definitely challenges as well. So I, I would love to see how we can help that. But I think it's one of those where it will just emerge over time. And actually just being out there as a brand, one of the many reasons we want to do this podcast as well, is just like the more we can be talking about it, having the conversations, um, like, you know, we start to figure out just where this, this goes. But I feel like we kind of push the company off at the start and got it started and you're obviously pushing the whole way there's a lot of pushing but it's it started to kind of morph into its own thing and people are just reacting in it and with it with in so many surprising and interesting ways and so it's almost in some ways kind of beyond me now and i'm just a cog in the machine trying to keep it all keep it all going and one thing i also wanted to ask um wenji is you said you you teach people that are quite young and you obviously have uh, a lot of exposures to that and, and Hector, I presume you, you talk to a lot of kind of potential people that are going to stay in the cabins. Um, what is there a red flag that you notice in people personally or professionally where you think, wow, you could really do with a, a, a you know, a weekend or three days without your phone? 
obviously everyone on some level needs it, but do you ever encounter someone you think, wow, you, you really do? I have to it. say all the academic need that. <laughs> Literally, uh, we are the worst. We, we, I think we have the freedom. I think that one of the reasons I decide to be want to be an academic is the freedom. That means we don't really need to go in at nine o'clock and you know, finish work at five. We can decide when we want to work most of the time. We only need to be on campus when we're teaching or have meetings. But that means we're also working all the time. That means we work in the evenings, we're working in the, on the weekend, and um, we're working on holidays all the time. So I always thinking about it's so important to redraw the boundary because the, the good thing about technology is it kind of all the boundaries uh, does not exist anymore. That means you can work when you're on holiday, you can on holiday when you work. But I think it's so important to redraw this boundary again. And that's something I always try to sell to my colleagues. So one of my colleagues are staying with uh, Unplug in the coming February. Um, so I think more and more academics should definitely should do that. Nice. And I mean, Hector, you're pretty unplugged anyway. I mean, I was sending you some voice notes today. Do you think that guy needs to, uh, <laughs> to unplug a little bit or like? Uh, it's, I, I, I am, but to some extent, it's one of those where like the more you kind of lean into that, the more you notice your own addiction to all of these things so you know i i still i mean i have some good habits but i have plenty of bad habits as well like i spend a lot of time in the day just like switching between like email and whatsapp but one of my big things at the moment is actually getting away from that so putting in more boundaries so i'm actually looking at getting some virtual assistance help and just getting me out of all those things so i i no longer have access because i'm not i'm not like a strong willpower kind of guy i just find myself um, kind of flicking through it. The things that do work well for me is the other things that have like firm boundaries. So for example, I get off my phone 6.30 or 7 every evening until probably like 7.30, um, 8 the next morning. And like that, that is just easy now. It's, it's, it's habit. And there's no, there's no kind of choice is what you were saying earlier about like if you check it once, you know? So like at any time I'm like, oh, during the day, I'm just going to try and like carve out these little windows and stuff like that. It's just during the day, my mind just goes and end up just getting swept away in it. So yeah, I find it, I find it much easier to put in firm boundaries, but like, I do feel like it's, it's almost this will go away and really get offline for a few days and just have this reset and be like, come back and know what I need to do. And then just life just happens to you, you know, over the next few days. So, which is why I really do think that the best way is just to, just to make sure you're regularly kind of having a proper break and just a chance to, to reset. It's all about a process. I would say, I always say digital detox or digital free tourism is not a solution of your problem, but it's a process of you learn how to negotiate with technology, find a find balance, because I think everyone has their own relationship with technology and you need to find your own way to find this balance with so kind of a, find the best way to be with your technology because they can do good, but also what is the best way to, to deal with them. So by doing this kind of digital free experiences or try to negotiate um, the, the different way of doing, setting boundaries, you know, not checking your emails in a certain time. And I think it's so important. So I try quite a few different things. I mean, Hector, I think I told you, I try to not leaving my phone in the living room not bring into bedroom, but sorry, I bring it to bedroom again, <laughs> <laughs> or diff all the different things. So I now moving my, I using iPhone. So I'm moving my work email to the fi the final page. So if I have to kind of unlock my phone, 
swipe to the final page to get to my work email. So these kind of tiny, tiny things, I turn off most of my notifications and I just feel that it's amazing because I'm more in charge of what my relationship with technology. Instead of they kind of keep telling me, hey, 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 look at me, check me out. Because we are really living in the attention economy. So all the technology are kind of kind of ask you to check them check them out. So I think I, I'm still quite tech savvy at the moment, but I have a much better relationship with technology, thanking to my researcher to to you as well by talking to you guys. Um, it's a process of learning. David, I'd love to know. Seventeen episodes in, have you have you kind of reflected, changed? Has it has it changed your habits? So, well, first of all, it's got me thinking, obviously, about the topic a great deal, which is hopefully the start of it. Um, turning my phone off at eight p.m. I don't quite at the six thirty hectare, but turning my phone off at eight p.m is big now and I'm, I'm happy to for people to hold me accountable to that you're doing that every day yeah yeah, yeah. I, I, I won't be able to do it no no <laughs> but it's uh yeah so it's i think that's that that's really big I and mean, if someone catches me messaging them at 9 30 then they can call me out because yeah i'm pretty i'm pretty set for i'm all about habits that you can do for the rest of your life you know at this point i wouldn't start a habit really that i didn't think i was going to be doing in 10 years time whereas i can see myself turning off my phone at 8 p.m every day and you said something interesting about willpower, Hector. And there's so much talk at the moment about ultra-processed food. And I just think you said you haven't got very good willpower, but willpower is almost not enough against your phone because it's so powerful. That's why you have to turn it off, not just put it on aeroplane mode or tell yourself you're not going to look at it. And I have a good, a pretty good relationship with food, but if I have one Jaffa cake, I'll pretty much have the whole pack straight away because I'm, I'm powerless against something that is so the genius behind ultra processed food has made it so so uh, palatable like hyper palatable that you just can't you, it's, it's out of your control and i feel like it's the same with phones you can't i can't look at whatsapp once i would look at it like every 10 minutes for 10 hours which is pathetic but, but it is what it is so yeah i have to turn it off so the willpower thing i think you can identify your own failings but i, I think that um you, you have to turn it off, or i personally have to turn it off yeah that's why the, the 8 p.m. shut off rather than 8 p.m. put it in a different room is, is better for me. That's it. Like, I think it's all about design, environment, like, all this kind of stuff. Like, yeah, I, I'm also the same where I actually, my my eating habits, um, not not bad now, but I definitely went through a period of just unhealthy eating habits of like binging, etc. It actually came from experimenting with fasting. So from that experimenting with fasting, it, it kind of just knocked me out of whack and, and just meant that, you know, I, I was, when there was food in the house, I was just nailing it because my body was like, oh, what, what if he cuts us off again? So it is hard, you know, it's one of these things where the more you think about it, the more addicted you feel. And then the, there is just this kind of very negative loop. So I think, yeah, I really think that environment is the biggest thing. And yeah, it's like, don't have the Jeff case in the house to start with is is the way and but, it's, but then it's tough because you're walking around the supermarket and, oh, yeah. yeah and if Jaffa Cakes want to sponsor us by the way we're, we're open to that as well um looking ahead a little bit then what what do you guys both see is um the biggest trends in the next 12 months 12 years potentially of of digital free travel when do you do you see a day when people's two-week summer holiday is naturally linked to to turning off their phone i literally see so there's a brilliant Iceland commercial. I'm not sure you guys watch that or not. So Iceland tourism, they are genius. So actually, I try to I use their uh, their out of office this year when I'm on holiday. So what I do is they get horses to write out of office email for you. 
Yeah, check it out. <laughs> so, um, so I I noticed that recently a lot of um, commercials, like British Airways recently have a new commercial as well. So saying, while well, we are holiday, why we check emails, stuff like that. So you can see that they are pushing towards this kind of um, more mindful, um, digital free or digital minimal um, experiences when you're on holiday. And I can see this is a big, big trend because people who are working, uh, especially working in the cities, uh, knowledge workers, uh, I'm not sure about other industry, but just reflecting ourselves as academics, we literally check email all the time and work all the time. And it's so important to going away without technology. So I really see there's a big, big push towards that. Also going to be applying in hospitality sector, not just tourism, hospitality, maybe event as well. So to be more immersive. So I really like uh, to see concerts. And one of my big uh, favorite band is uh, Florence and Machine. So when Florence singing, dog days are over, the ritual is she asks everyone to get the phone away and everyone dancing together, hugging each other and really enjoy the moment. And I think some this kind of experience, we need to do more in event setting as well to um, to really immerse, uh, to engage with the environment and, and, and to remember the memory because memory is not just captured on your phone. It's now so pathetic. All your all your experience is going, looking through the, the screen to see how the screen recording the, the concert. And we're just missing out that, that experiences. I, I, I didn't really grow up in the 70s, but when I look at back the... The 70s photos when people enjoy the concert, they really, really enjoy it without in, just enjoy through the, 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 the phones. So I do see a big trend in the industry, in the entertainment industry, events, hospitality, tourism, are uh, moving towards this more kind of mindful technology use in the future. For sure. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. I think it's, uh, to me, it does feel like it is inevitable that 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 will emerge as an industry. I say inevitable. It takes a lot of work. I think one of the the reasons change happens is because it's made sexy, aspirational, all these kind of things. And I think there is a bit of a movement now with you know offline becoming the new luxury, and, and that's only going to grow. But fundamentally, it is just a better experience. You know, so when she's talking about uh, pop stars, singers having concerts that are offline like someone goes to one of those concerts and experiences that it is just a better experience than when everyone's on their phones so i think that does that does win out in the long term and i also think like it's not working this constantly being online like you know so many people are burnt out anxious stressed all these kind of things and that's fine that new technologies come along so many great things it's brought as well but it's one of these where i think something comes along and you know it gets mass adopted super addictive whatever it is causes problems and then years and years later we start to see those problems and then what happens is start to get more insight research into why it's a problem and as that learning happens as a society we then start to kind of reject it you know so like smoking or ultra processed food for example and again i'm not comparing technology to them because technology does bring a lot of stuff but the current in some of its current forms like scrolling through a social media news feed like that, I'm sure we'll look back on. I don't think people are going to be scrolling through social media news feeds like they do now in 20 years. That's my hot take. Oof. Love it, love it. It's interesting what you said about um, going on holiday as well because there never used to be what the option of having Wi-Fi on a plane. And, and now it's there. Like I buy it. And it's like eight quid or something for six hours. 
and it's or 10 quid for six hours and i've bought it before and, I'm playing, and i've just your brain is like well i could actually do a bit of work if i get online here and it's crazy i really like enjoy flying long haul without uh checking my phone i think that's the it's best it's moment i i actually feel so great that even though wi-fi is available i i, I never try to kind of connect to wi-fi um, I just feel this is a great moment. I can really unplug. Uh, to be honest, I should re- uh, answer your question differently. The very first question, I actually really, how do I do unplug? Is I go on airplane without checking my phone, and I think that's a great <laughs> moment. <laughs> yeah, but that's that's brilliant. I I really like those uh that that long haul flight. So fly to New Zealand literally took twenty four hours to get there, and without checking my phone. I mean, of course, I still would watching TV, um, feel a bit guilty now. But I I just like that, those, those moments. Don't, I kind of, nobody can reach out to me. I'm flying and that's, that's brilliant. Do you remember when the tube didn't have any Wi-Fi? Yeah. So it, I mean, still some, 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 some... Some parts don't, but it used to be pretty much the whole network, even like 10 years ago, you couldn't get on the phone at all. And now there's more and more parts of the tube line. You, you're, you're online. I, I love tube journeys for the reason i just read on them i don't don't not my phone at all it's a it's a gift every day like i i I sometimes when i get off the tube will just sit on the platform uh before i walk out of the station just just to finish the chapter you know because it is nice so i i I quite like a long commute for that reason which is uh it is a good and this this you know without sounding like a wanker there's something quite nice about being the only person reading what everyone else is scrolling through Feel, feel, feel good in that moment but um but now we probably have to li- uh, listen your podcast when you are when we're commuting when you're on board <laughs> um listen this has been great wenji i feel like uh yeah it's been a really good conversation you've obviously got some great insights on it and is this something you're going to keep doing for your life like or how, how do you see your your profession and your research panning out i think that's one of the area i really want to explore further and it's because we are very first uh, scholars to get into this, kind of leading the discussion around it. And but I see more and more colleagues are joining this debate and discussion, which is great. Um, so what, definitely one of the key areas we are, we are looking at. Um, also, some colleagues are looking at how the technology are affecting destination as well. It's because, like, for example, Instagram, how people are using Instagram and people are all going to this place because Instagram keep people uh, posting on Instagram about the influencers are using that. Um, so there's a lot of responsible travel and how to be more responsible when you travel, how technology play a role here affecting our experiences. So definitely it's one of the areas I want to look at a bit further. Also, research, keep researching my backpackers, hopefully. <laughs> Maybe I, I should tap into my new interest of uh, while, uh, open water swimming. Maybe do some research on that as well. It's all about unpacking my own interests, isn't it? It's the beauty of research. Yeah, well, Wenji really is a, a trailblazer. I mean, the, the reason we uh, first got in touch was basically, I think it was probably shortly after Launch Unplugged, looked around to see if there was any research in the space and just saw many papers by Wenji so that's a well ahead of the game but it sounds like other people are joining in now but I'm very happy to see more and more people researching yeah, that as well exactly yeah yeah. yeah same with us it's like the whole mm. point is to promote this thing so actually it shows it's working if yeah. everyone else is, is exactly. getting in you know Wenji a real joy always a pleasure um, thank you so much for coming on thank where you can, very much where can people find you just type my name and you'll find me hopefully <laughs> <laughs> I think <laughs> Cause you pray never feel like this